0: Hi everyone, welcome to the Desi Crime Podcast. I'm Ishwarya, your host for this episode.
1: And I'm Aryan.
0: You know what's common to all families? Struggle, hard times, broken relationships, dirty laundry we keep to ourselves because regardless of everything, we love our families. Whether it's those horrible teenage years where you can't stop arguing with your parents or whether you were blessed with a sibling completely your opposite or whether your mother hates her mother-in-law, these problems are common and universal across time and culture. But some families have secrets deeper and darker than these. Some families have secrets that lead to destroyed lives and devastating consequences. Families that give credence to the saying, with a family like this, who needs enemies? This is the story of one such family, the Bora family. This is their story.
1: We have a case today that I should know a lot about, that the world knows a lot about, that completely gripped our national psyche when it happened. But frankly speaking, Ashwara, you know that I don't know much about the Sheena Bora case. So I'm, I'm genuinely surprised that you haven't divulged any information before this episode out of sheer excitement.
0: I haven't. Yeah, I try to keep it together because I'm actually really happy about this episode. I'm super excited to bring this all to you. It's a devastating story. Obviously, it's heartbreaking. And I want to take you on this journey kind of with me.
1: You know, there's an expectation that as an Indian true crime podcaster, I'm supposed to know these landmark cases. But I think Ishwara and I I have this division where there are certain landmark (laughs) cases that you know, she knows that I'll be covering on the podcast to name one, like Sunanda Pushkar for as an example. Ashura knows I'm going to yeah. cover that. So she better not get into it. And I, I've always known Sheena Bora is one case that you will cover. So there's a reason I've not gotten into it. But all I know Good. is that it involves deep, deep conspiracies and a dark, dark family. So take us to that darkness. Take us to the depths of what this case is truly about.
0: And also, this is an incredibly complicated case. So, any place that Aryan wants to kind of butt in and do housekeeping for the rest of our listeners, aryan <laughs> please feel free. Will do. So, let me take you. For this family story, we're going back to the year 2015 in Mumbai, in June 2015. Highly decorated and ferocious IPS officer and deputy commissioner of police, Rakesh Marya was sitting in his office. Rakesh Maria is a man who exemplifies the best that Indian policing has to offer. He was the one responsible for solving the Bombay Serial Blast of 1993 by Daud Ibrahim and Tiger Memon, the same blast Sanjay Dutt was allegedly involved in. In fact, the police officer famous for slapping Sanjay Dutt during the blast interrogation was Rakesh Maria. He was the one in charge of solving the 2003 Gateway of India and Zaveri Bazaar blasts. He was the one responsible for investigating the 26-11 attacks in Mumbai. And he was the one leading Ajmal Kasab's interrogation.
1: And for those of our dear listeners who live under a rock or are nomads in the middle of a forest, Sanjay Dutt is a very famous Bollywood actor.
0: Very famous Bollywood actor accused <laughs> in a huge national terrorism conspiracy. yes. Anyway, so Rakesh Marya, a highly decorated and respected officer, he sat in his office that afternoon when his phone rang. When he picked up the phone, a hysterical woman spoke on the other side. He didn't know who this woman was and this woman didn't reveal her identity either. All she told Marya was that a woman was missing. A 25-year-old woman named Sheena Bora. This anonymous woman on the phone revealed that Sheena Bora hadn't just gone missing now, she had been missing for three years. Who the hell is Sheena Bora? Why am I specifically being contacted for this matter? Were all possibly Mm. the questions that ran through Rakesh Maria's mind while he was on call. But then this woman revealed a detail that gave Maria his answers. This missing woman was the half-sister of Indrani Mukherjee and sister-in-law, Of Peter Mukherjee,
1: and just to clarify, this has been a weakness of mine forever. When it comes to family trees, by half sister, you mean they had one parent in common?
0: Yes, correct. They had the same mother, but different fathers. Right. Okay. This anonymous woman told the cop, "I think Indrani and Peter have killed Sheena." Then this woman cuts the call. Rakesh Maria sat in his chair, Mm. shocked. He knew exactly who Indrani and Peter Mukherjee were. Aran, if I asked you to name one iconic cable TV channel that exemplifies our childhood, a channel all our mothers used to be glued to while we were kids, what channel would come to your mind?
1: Um, Cringe Central Star Plus or something (laughs) like that.
0: (laughs) Well, your mother, millions of mothers, millions of mother-in-laws and (laughs) grandmothers all have Peter Mukherjee to thank for
1: it. No, no, no. Blame for it.
0: (laughs) Blame for it. Star Plus, Star News, Star Sports, 9XM, NDTV were all run by Peter Mukherjee, the CEO of Star India. His wife was Indrani Mukherjee, who used to run her own headhunting business before she met Peter. Once they met, they got married in 2002, and the two started their own media company together. Peter Mukherjee wasn't the only influential one in this relationship, though. Indrani had regularly been called one of the most influential women in the world by the likes of the Wall Street Journal. Indrani Mukherjee's half-sister was Sheena Bora, who, at least according to this random caller, was missing and possibly dead, Mm. having been murdered by her own sister, and brother-in-law. Now, Rakesh Marya knew the significance of accusing Peter Mukherjee. It was no joke. So before he waltzed into their home to interrogate them because of one phone call, he decided to do some of his own investigation. He called the Khar and Verli police stations, asking them to go back about three years and check if any missing persons report had been filed in the name of Srinapura. The officers checked and cross-checked, but nothing came up. She had never been reported missing. Now, Rakesh Marya went to a man he greatly trusted, another highly decorated officer who had helped Marya crack the 2003 Mumbai blast case, an officer named Dinesh Kadam. Dinesh Kadam was instrumental in catching infamous gangster Abu Salim and Indian Mujahideen leader Afsal Usmani. Maria unofficially hands this case over to Kadam, urging him to dig deeper into the matter and confirm where Indrani Mukherjee's sister actually was. Maria asked Kadam to keep the investigation on the down low without involving the Mukherjee family just yet. Inspector Dinesh Kadam begins an unofficial investigation into the family, what they were up to three years ago, where they were living, who was working for them, that kind of thing.
1: Sure, so I have two questions right off the bat. Question number one, you know. The Mumbai top cop, this heroic cop, this legend, his phone number <laughs> is not publicly available information. It's not like enlisted in Craigslist or the yellow pages <laughs> no. of the newspaper. So, whoever has access to it clearly knows their way around the system. But the second, more suspicious thing is what the hell is an unofficial investigation? Like off the books? What is, like, how do you classify an investigation as unofficial?
0: All right. So to answer both of your questions. Firstly, we don't know who this anonymous scholar was even to date. Hmm. And so my best guess is this is obviously a very influential family. Sheena Bora was part of this very influential family. Clearly, whoever this scholar was had inside information in the family, from the family, of the family. Right. And so there's a very high possibility that this anonymous caller was someone running in the same elite circles of the country. And so they Mm. did have these contacts. To answer your second question about an informal investigation is that there was no (laughs) official reports filed. There were no official witnesses called in just yet. I think the cops weighed the pros and cons of going full force into this right off the bat. And they realized right now it was just best if they verified the words of this anonymous scholar. And that's Mm. what they did. But Aryan, what Inspector Kadam didn't know at this point and what he wishes he knew, what we all wish he knew, was that the biggest piece of evidence that would have helped crack this case was buried and ruined three years ago when someone had actually stumbled upon that key piece of evidence. Someone Mm -hmm. had stumbled upon a dead body. If you had to describe India to someone using the examples of some of our specialties, there are many ways you can describe it. But the most accurate one, in my opinion at least, is our obsession with mangoes. India goes crazy (laughs) in peak mango season. My house perpetually smells like mangoes and carbide in the summer. In the month of May 2012, three years before DCP, Rakesh Maria received that call in his office… A man named Ganesh Dhene went mango hunting in the forest right across from the Pain Khopali Road in a tiny district in Maharashtra, which is an hour and 30 minutes outside of Mumbai. As he ventured deeper and deeper into the forests, he could smell something, something rotting. Now, for any of us walking into a forest looking for mangoes, if we smell something rotting, we will 99% of the time assume that an animal has died or someone discarded trash there. But Ganesh wasn't just a regular man walking into a forest. He was a police patil. Now, a police patil, for those of our listeners who don't know, is someone who isn't officially a rank-holding police officer, but he has been designated some duties by the local police so that he can help the police govern locals more effectively, especially in regions where the police is understaffed. This region of Maharashtra, where Ganesh was a police patil and where he went mango-hunting, was immensely understaffed not because it had too many people living there, but because it had somehow become a location where dead bodies would just show up every other day. What? The local police remained unequipped to deal with what had become a sort of dumping ground for criminals from the neighbouring regions, specifically because of this vast forest that surrounded it. In fact, the smell that Ganesh picked up on was common to him. He had grown up smelling it while working with his father, who was also a police patil.
1: Talk about a toxic work environment.
0: <laughs> I'm just going to move right past that joke, around. <laughs> May the Lord forgive me. <laughs> All right. Now, it was the smell of a rotting, burnt, dead body. And he followed that smell and finally found its source human remains. The body had long been decomposed. The flesh had melted off due to a fire, but it was obvious that the body was of a woman. The long hair on the skull and paint on the fingernails still remained intact. Ganesh used his own old 2012-era phone to take photos of the body and then ran out of the forest to call the police. But this site wasn't new or unusual to the cops there. Mm. The cops made a diary entry on the findings of the remains. I don't even know what a diary Jesus. entry is. But after that, they proceeded to dig a hole near where the body had been found by Ganesh and they buried no. the body in there and then no. just left. Now, obviously, the natural impulse is to say, oh no, how dare they, have they never been trained? But I think matters are more complicated <laughs> than that when one considers the incredibly yeah, yeah, yeah. unique situation of these specific cops. Eventually, Aryan, Ganesh lost the phone on which he had the pictures of the body and oh that my was God.
1: that.
0: Nobody knew who this woman was, how she came to die, and whether or not she'd ever get justice. Quote, had the crime taken place during the monsoon season or any other time of the year, perhaps the body would have never been found at all. I had ventured inside that thick forest that day with the sole intention of plucking a few mangoes from the trees. Otherwise, not a soul goes that side. I've been collecting mangoes from this part of the forest since childhood. So this is the only time some people do come here. I now feel this was just destined to happen this way. The criminals forgot to take into account, in their devious game, that mangoes were in full bloom at the forest then," said Ganesh. But why is Ganesh saying this? The body was buried in some random location of a huge forest. There was no autopsy report, no pictures of the body. All evidence was lost. Ganesh is saying all this because his role in this story isn't over just yet. Three years later, Inspector Rakesh Marya and Dinesh Kadam were about to create a trail that would lead them right back to Ganesh. So let's come back to Inspector Kadam's investigation into the family in the year 2015. He soon figured out that Indrani Mukherjee, Sheena Bora's half-sister, was in the United States at the time. This meant the inspectors had to be even more secretive and careful with their investigation. Because if Indrani Mukherjee did kill Mm. Sheena and found out that the cops in India were waiting to catch her, she would simply not return from the US. The police surveillance lasted four months. And by August of 2015, the cops had honed in on a crucial member of the Mukherjee household they believed would lead them to the whereabouts of Sheena Bora.
1: And even though the police don't know anything, as of now, let me put off, put on my, you know, tinfoil conspiratorial hat and assume, yes. like just for sake of argument, that Indrani and Peter Mukherjee killed her. How did nobody else raise an alarm? Like any friends, cousins, siblings, boyfriend, coworkers? Nobody, like three years have gone by. How is that even possible? Like somebody has to come up and say, My friend is missing, my sister is missing.
0: Alright, so let me reveal something to you all here, which I wasn't planning on revealing just yet. Remember how Inspector Maria had called the Khar and burli stations, asking if there was any report from three years ago about Sheena Bora being missing? The stations told him there wasn't. And the stations weren't lying. There was no official report. What both those police stations had completely forgotten was that three years ago, Sheena Bora's father, Brother and boyfriend had all gone to both of those police stations and reported that Sheena Bora was missing. The cops at the time had called Indrani into the station for questioning and every time she gave the cops the same story. Her sister had moved to the United States for her Oof. higher education. And she didn't just up and leave without any notice. She wrote to her workplace and quit her job. She wrote to her boyfriend Rahul, who was by the way her live-in boyfriend of 6 years and broke up with him and then
2: Jesus. she left.
0: This is what Indrani told the cops in 2012. And every time... The cops believed her and never filed an official report. Sheena's boyfriend Rahul would call Indrani and call Peter to ask them where Sheena went and they both would give him long-winded stories about some guy from Nagpur that Sheena ran away with or about how she didn't wish to be in contact with anyone. Rahul was suspicious and taped three hours worth of calls with Indrani and Peter. Wow! I will insert a clip of their call here. The man with the British accent in all of these calls is Sheena's boyfriend Rahul. He spent a good chunk of his young adult life studying in the UK and hence the accent.
3: As far as I'm concerned, what has happened to Sheena is that she has gone off her own accord somewhere and she doesn't want to be in touch with anybody right now. Right. That is my my understanding. Okay. Now whether you think... Whether well, you think she's completely uh, out of character or what, I I have no way to believe whether it's out of character or not cause I don't know her as such. I don't know what her character is. I do.
4: Her friends do. Yeah, you sometimes. do. Fine. No, no, you do.
3: It's, uh, she's out of character from your point of view. Fair enough. You are. You have your your understanding of the situation. And I'm telling you my understanding, right? Whatever the, situation, whatever the uh, understanding I have. After that, what more can I say to you? I have nothing more to add. Mm. Uh my suggestion to you and agree on your suggestion, advice to you, guidance, right is to say, Listen, if that is what it is, leave it alone. She'll come back when she wants to come back. If she hasn't been in touch with anybody and she's gone off and you know, wants to be wants to be in wants to be in hiding, she wants to go off with somebody, maybe she's gone off with somebody, maybe there's somebody who's an imaginary person. I don't know, I don't I don't what it is. That is her lookout. Right?
2: conversation throughout the morning she was apparently talking to somebody
3: yes.
2: called Nishant Kurana, they have identified the number, Nishant Kurana in Delhi. Okay. Have you ever heard of this name? Because I have never heard it she like I said, she she gave me some story about some Nagpur guy. Okay, yeah. now, this is a new angle so, you know, he said she's from Bombay because we were trying to find out, Seeing between yeah. me and Peter, we were also equally concerned, who's this guy, she's running straight, or wants to run away. See, you have to understand she's, she had 40,000 cash with her, yeah. okay?
3: Yeah.
2: Now these guys are, this is our head of crime branch, he's giving reports as to where the yeah. satellites are catching.
3: Okay.
2: So she was definitely at the domestic airport at about 11 in the morning, that okay. she's confirmed. Okay, and before that, she's uh, had a one-hour conversation with a guy called Nishant Khurana. Uh, so I said, I will mean, ask her boyfriend just now if he knows uh, of any Nishant Khurana.
4: You know, I don't. No, so that is I, what
2: it is. I, I, no, the I, I, I this is the
0: first time. For anyone who this case sparks a curiosity in, I urge you to go to listen to these calls on YouTube. They've been compiled by the Indian Express in a three-hour-long YouTube video. They're so fascinating. But now the question is, what more could Rahul have done? That was it for him. But again, in 2015, Rakish Maria and Dinesh Kadam didn't know this yet. They didn't know that three years ago, Sheena's family members did try to raise alarm over her disappearance, but nobody had listened to them.
1: Yeah, but to me, there is there are two stories running in parallel here, right? She's telling the cops that Sheena went to U.S., To study or whatever. But she's telling Rahul that she ran away with someone from Nagpur. Those accounts don't add up. So why does she not maintain the same story?
0: I think, Aryan, this is my best assessment. Take this with a grain of salt if you want to. But you develop lies dependent on the circumstances around you. As shit starts to hit the fan and as people come up with more and more questions and more and more holes in your Mm. story... You try to change that story, which is why all criminals historically have been caught. So many of them have been caught because their stories just, they kept changing and shifting in ways that didn't make sense. And I think that's what was happening here. She just, she started off with one story. It didn't quite make sense. She came up with another one. It didn't quite make sense. And then she stuck with the US one in the end.
1: And I think especially with Rahul, because he's dated Sheena for six years, so... I mean, I'm sure he would know whether she has plans of upending her life in Mumbai and going to US for, uh, you know, to start anew. But all right. So you said after four months, that would mean, I think, August of 2015, you said that the cops had honed in on some member of the Mukherjee household who knew something. Who was that?
0: Right. So this crucial member, Aryan, was the Mukherjee family's driver, Shamwar Rai. He had also been the family's driver three years ago when the caller alleged that Sheena Bora disappeared. Now, some reports suggest that cops actually caught Shyamvar Rai while he was trying to dispose of an illegally held weapon. And so, by sheer luck, they found the grounds on which to bring him in for questioning without raising much alarm. The grounds being the Arms Act.
1: What's up with Bollywood and its drivers? Just uh, Drivers are somehow involved in literally everything going on in Bollywood.
0: It's not even Bollywood and drivers. At the end of this case, the only question I was asking myself is, is every rich person involved in a murder? It's not (laughs) funny. It's not funny. You can pick up any big millionaire, billionaire in the world, in this country. They're all involved in a murder. It's crazy.
1: How to get rich 101. Kill someone.
0: (laughs) That's a necessary, sufficient condition, confusion.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs)
0: Alright, so one side of reports say that they actually, just by sheer luck, caught him while he was trying to dispose of this weapon. But other reports allege that cops simply used the Arms Act as a way of bringing in Shyamvar Rai for the sake of their Sheenabora investigation. But regardless of how they went about it, on the 21st of August, 2015, the cops brought in Shyamvar Rai for questioning. The cops began doubling down on Rai and it actually didn't take too long for him to just (laughs) break. He tells them the story of a seemingly random day, the day of the 24th of April, when Indrani had killed her sister Sheena along with the help of her ex-husband and driver, Shyamvar Rai. A little background on Indrani is that Peter Mukherjee was actually her third husband. Her second ex-husband was a man named Sanjeev Khanna. It was this man that Shyamvar Rai was referring to, and so it was Sanjeev Khanna who had helped Indrani kill her sister, according to Shyamvar. Sanjeev and Indrani had met when Indrani had just moved to Kolkata for the very first time from Guwahati, Guwahati being the city where Indrani had grown up with her parents. The two met at a party, fell madly in love and got married in 1993. Through the course of their marriage, Indrani cut off all ties with her parents, with her husband Sanjeev only once meeting Indrani's father. Now, Sanjeev, like Peter, was also a wealthy, powerful man. He had completed his schooling from the Mayo College in Ajmer, one of India's most prestigious boarding schools. He was a member of the Calcutta Cricket and Football Club. He was an avid guest at equestrian events, all of which was a big deal. It still is a big deal. He was widely engaged in the hospitality industry and the real estate industry and two in Drani, A life with Sanjeev seemed like a dream come true. The dream of a small-town girl who had big aspirations. Mm. And life only kept getting better for the two when they gave birth to their daughter, Vidhi. Somewhere along the course of their marriage, the couple shifted to Mumbai, which is the city in India for anyone who is anyone. And Indrani wanted to be someone. In Mumbai, Indrani's own business picked up and she slowly began to make her mark in elite circles. It is through her elite circle connections that she ended up in a business meeting with, guess who? Peter Mukherjee. Their business meeting ignited a spark, but they were both married. However, both their marriages were moving towards permanent ends. Peter Mukherjee was in the process of divorcing his first wife, with whom he had two sons, and Indrani was in the process of divorcing Sanjeev, with whom she had a daughter. Once divorced, Indrani took her daughter Vidhi with her, making her divorce from Sanjeev that much more painful for him. His love was gone, and so was his daughter. By 2002, Peter and Indrani were both single people again and had begun their romance towards what was going to be Indrani's third and Peter's second marriage. Nobody in Indrani's life, her parents, her sister Sheena, were informed of this wedding. Sheena's friends from back in Guwahati have come forward to say that Sheena had found out about this wedding from the newspaper and cried when she realised it had all happened behind her back. Peter would go on to legally adopt Vidhi, who would then become Vidhi Mukherjee. Now, this was a long-winded introduction to Sanjeev Khanna, but let's not forget how we got here. This is part of the story that driver Shyamvar Rai was telling the cops as he told them of the crime Indrani and Sanjeev had committed together. He tells the cops that Indrani had prepared for this murder. It wasn't a in-the-heat-of-the-moment kind of situation. She knew of a place to dump the body in. She had paid driver Shyamur Rai 5 lakh rupees to help with the matter. Her ex-husband had flown into Mumbai from Kolkata on the 24th of April and was staying at the hotel Hilltop in Worli for the murder. Indrani had rented a car in which she was going to go about abducting and then murdering her sister. So clearly by every standard, Indrani was behaving in ways only a cold-blooded killer would. She had days, weeks to stop her plan, to take back what she was trying to do, but she didn't. Every day she worked on solidifying and foolproofing her plan. Indrani had asked Sheena to come meet her on the 24th of April. Sheena was reluctant, but she agreed. She asked her boyfriend Rahul to drop her off near the linking road in Bandra. From this road, Indrani, her ex-husband Sanjeev, and driver Shyamvar picked Sheena up in their rented car. Sheena sat in the back with Sanjeev and Indrani sat in the front while Shyamvar drove. They gave Sheena a bottle of water, which she drank. Shyamvar took the car to a shopping market where they all got out of the car and casually looked for saris in stores. They even bought Sheena a sari. Once they were done shopping, they went back to their car, by which time Sheena was drowsy because the water in the bottle they had given her was laced with sedatives. In the car, Sheena lost consciousness. Once she fainted, Shyamvar drove the car to a tiny by-lane in Bandra, as had been instructed by Indrani. When the car was on the isolated street, Sanjeev pulled Sheena's hair, Shyamvar gagged her and Indrani strangled her. Even though she was unconscious from the sedatives, the strangulation and lack of oxygen supply to her brain actually woke her up. She fought them all, pushing them away, biting them, trying to get away, but she couldn't. She died in the arms of her murderers. After killing her, Shyamwar took them all to the Taj Hotel. Indrani used Sheena's phone to text Sheena's boyfriend Rahul, telling him that the two women were going to get some drinks at the hotel. And they actually drove to the hotel only so that the location from the phones would verify their story.
1: Ishwara, I would of course be taking all of this with several grains of salt because it's coming from Shyamvar, who's the driver. Mm -hmm. But something that, you know, establishes credibility in his confession so to say is is that it is a confession it's not him ratting out someone he is in a sense accusing himself also right he is incriminating himself by accepting he was involved which to me makes the story more credible
0: I think that's exactly the reason he's credible is because he is directly 100% implicating himself in everything he is saying. Not just the driving bit. He's clearly aware of what's happening. He gagged her like it's all right there. And he's relaying this information out to the cops. All right. So they all go to the hotel. Indrani texts using Sheena's phone, texts her boyfriend saying that the women are going to get some drinks. They drive there specifically so that the phone location verifies their story. After that, Shyamvar drives them back to Indrani's house, which she shared with Peter Mukherjee in Worli, but Peter was in the US at the time. They took the body inside where Indrani proceeded to comb the hair on Sheena's head and retouch her makeup and lipstick in an attempt to make her dead, pale body look alive. I cannot fathom obviously killing someone, but it's almost like it's more unfathomable for me to imagine killing someone and then combing the dead body's hair and retouching the makeup. There is something so eerie and sinister about that that, I don't know, it's, it's disgusting. Mm. It makes Indrani, once again, sound like a cold-blooded murderer yeah, yeah. instead of a woman overcome with emotion who just kind of happened to commit a crime in the moment. The three then stuffed Sheena's body in a suitcase and put it in the trunk of the car. Sanjeev Khanna went back to his hotel, Indrani stayed in the house and Shyamvar Rai slept in the parked car with the body in the back. Jesus. While this murder had just come to an end, Indrani had another murder planned and all set in motion. Just an hour after they had prepped Sheena's body and placed it in the car, Indrani's half-brother, Mikhail, showed up at their house.
1: My mind is racing through all kinds of theories as to what the motive is. Mm -hmm. And I know you will get to it in your own good time and, you know, uh, annoy (laughs) me till the end. But okay, so Mikhail is also Indrani's half-brother, just like Sheena. But What is Mm -hmm. Sheena and Mikhail's relationship? Was he Sheena's half-brother too or was he born to the same parents as Sheena?
0: Alright, yeah. So, Mikhail was born to the same parents as Sheena. Both Mikhail and Sheena's mother was also Indrani's mother. But Mikhail and Sheena had different fathers than Indrani. Now, Mikhail didn't come to visit his sister Indrani out of the love of his heart. He had come only because Indrani had asked him to fly out of Bangalore on the exact same day that she had planned to kill Sheena. In fact, Mikhail didn't even have money for the flight. He had to ask his girlfriend to book it for him. Mikhail came. Indrani poured him a drink laced with sedatives and Mikhail threw up. Now, Mikhail is a big dude and he didn't faint the way Sheena did. He just grew sick. But that made him suspicious, which ruined Mm. Indrani's plan of killing him. He went to his room where he was unable to sleep all night. He was scared and he knew something was wrong. At 3am, all three of the murderers woke up again and got into the car to dispose of Sheena's body. Their movement in the house woke Mikhail up. He heard them all leave the house. The moment the sun rose, Mikhail booked a taxi to the airport and went back to Bangalore. While Mikhail was waiting in the house for the sun to rise to be able to leave, Shyamvar drove the car with Indrani and Sanjeev in it to the mango infested forest 75 kilometers out of Mumbai. Scared that the cops might stop and inspect their car, they actually made Sheena's body sit upright between Indrani and Sanjeev in the back seat instead of putting it in the trunk so that it would look like she is asleep. They dumped the body inside the forest, threw on top of her body the sari they had bought for her and threw the suitcase on top of it, doused it in petrol and lit it all on fire in the hopes that nobody would ever find it. They texted people from Sheena's phone, making it seem like she had broken up with her boyfriend Rahul and that she had voluntarily left her job and gone to the United States. Sanjeev and Indrani would take any evidence of this crime with them back to Kolkata, including all three of their shoes they were wearing when they committed the crime, just in case someone found the body and noticed the shoe prints around it and traced them back to the three of them. They hid all of this evidence in Sanjeev's house in Kolkata, after which Indrani would come back from Kolkata to Mumbai and resume her normal life. They cleaned the leased car and returned it back, which would have been another big piece of evidence that would have helped crack this case. When Sheena stopped responding to Rahul's texts after that evening with Indrani and eventually broke up with him, Rahul called Indrani because he was a little suspicious that Indrani was the one texting him that night, not Sheena.
4: were possibly around the airport at the same time on the same day, then... Perhaps, yeah. you, perhaps, you, perhaps you didn't know that you were both there around the same time. That's no, what, that, no, 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 no. Listen, 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 no, listen, listen please, 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 just let me finish. Perhaps you guys didn't know that you were around the airport at the same time. Perhaps, yeah. right, perhaps you did know, or perhaps you had her phone. Or, you know, it's, it's a possibility. These are the possibilities. Now, I'm not saying that no. either one is correct. I'm saying these are the possibilities. Take care. Okay. And
2: I have no reason to keep my phone or I have no reason to, mm. you know, I mean, I don't want to get these kind of stupid ideas here because mm. you want to be something. things. But I don't want to finish three things on me. I can say the same thing, no?
4: Yeah, no, I, no yeah, I'm not, I'm not, not Inrani, to I'm to not, I'm not, don't, don't how take how it, how I, that, no. I
2: have dropped her that, you know, you have not collected it. I
4: don't know that. Yeah, look, I'm I'm not I'm not, accusing. I'm not, sir, you
2: know, I'm, I'm not, I'm Indrani, Indrani,
4: Indrani, Indrani, listen, 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 I'm not accusing you of anything, okay?
2: honestly, I did not need to give you this information, okay, about the 10 o'clock, this thing, you know, if I had your phone, why the hell should I have even told you that?
4: Listen, I'm not trying to fight with you, guys, okay, I'm trying to find out you know, where she thin- You need to
2: oh. understand, so you need to, you know, because th- that is not the case, so if you're going to come up and, you know,
0: A month after her body had been burnt, in May of 2012, Ganesh would go mango hunting, stumble upon the body, inform the cops, and the body would be buried and lost forever. The cops couldn't believe what they were hearing. They knew the gravity of this story. And now, they didn't hold back in going straight for the perpetrators. They were now going to start bringing this whole family in, starting all the way at the top with Indrani Mukherjee. They then wanted Peter Mukherjee and Sanjeev Khanna. They then wanted Indrani's half-brother and Sheena's full-brother, Mikhail. They wanted Sheena's boyfriend, Rahul. And one by one by one, Each and every one of them would unfold like a house of cards, revealing a story of hate, lies, crime, money, jealousy and a family so twisted it will make all of your long-hated family members look like angels. (laughs) A web of lies so deep and so long in the making that it had ended in the murder of Sheena Bora. Somehow, this story of why this crime occurred would turn out to be more unbelievable and jaw-dropping than the how this crime occurred. The first part of this episode was a who-done-it. We got to the bottom of who made a young 25-year-old girl disappear. According to the accounts of an anonymous scholar and the driver Shyamal Rai, it was this woman's sister and her sister's ex-husband who had killed her. But why? The next part of this episode is going to be a why-done-it. What did Indrani have to gain from murdering her own sister? Why was Indrani trying to also kill her half-brother? Why did Indrani cut ties with her family once she moved to Kolkata and married Sanjeev Khanna? Why would Sanjeev Khanna help his long-lost ex-wife murder her sister? Why would an influential man like that risk it all? Who was Sheena's boyfriend Rahul and why didn't he seem to fight harder to find her, to wait outside police stations and inform more people that she was missing? Where was Sheena's family? Who are her parents? How is Ganesh going to come back into this story? For all of these answers and as many new questions, come back to part 2 of the Sheena Bora murder. In part 1 of the Sheena Bora murder, we told you the story of a seemingly broken family, the wounds of which had led to murder. A famous Mumbai police cop had received a tip of a missing woman. A body had been buried and the name of a murderer had emerged. This body was of Sheena Bora, the sister of famous Mumbai socialite Indrani Mukherjee. But was Sheena really Indrani's sister? We had successfully covered the whodunit of this mystery in part one. Today, we're covering the why done it. Welcome to part two of the Sheena Bora murder.
1: You know, Ashura, as much as I loved the last episode, as I was hearing you narrate it, I was confused myself. Again, I don't know the ins and outs of the Sheena Bora case. But I do know that Indrani and Sheena's relationship was different than you suggested it to be. And it turns out <laughs> yeah. it was just another trick up your sleeve to misguide us into a story.
0: <laughs> You're right. It was a trick, Aryan And the reality behind that trick will be revealed in this episode in fact it's funny we actually got a review on apple Podcasts saying we didn't fact check our sources because we called them sisters but before we get into clearing all of that up for you all once and for all aryan would you like to start us off with some good old housekeeping on the last episode
1: Yeah, for the Apple review, firstly, hey, listeners out there who listen to us on Apple Podcasts or don't listen to us on Apple, but have an Apple device, just go on to Apple Podcasts and give us a five-star review and tell us why you love us. The best reviews, you know, we'll give you a shout-out and post you on our Instagram story. Uh, But it would mean, you know, the world to us. But, all right, so getting to housekeeping. DCP Rakesh Maria gets a call in the year 2015 saying a woman, Sheena Bora, allegedly half-sister of the incredibly powerful Indrani Mukherjee and sister-in-law of the media magnate Peter Mukherjee, had been missing for the last four years and possibly dead. The cops do their own investigation and hone in on the Mukherjee's driver who tells them the tale of Sheena's murder, how Indrani, along with her second husband Sanjeev Khanna, had killed her in 2012. Mukherjee had also tried to kill her half-brother Mikhail, but he had managed to escape. A month after the murder, a man named Ganesh Dene had gone into a forest an hour outside Mumbai and found the body which the cops had then buried somewhere in the forest. You left us at the point where the cops were interrogating driver Shyamvar Rai. A few things I had been thinking about since the last episode are A. Who was Indrani's first husband? Did he have anything to do with the story or not? Secondly, the biggest question of them all, the literal elephant in the room. What is the motive? So, tell us what happens next.
0: Alright, so there's obviously a lot of questions and I'm here to answer them all. So the police are investigating, interrogating, clamping down on Shyamvar Rai. He has just told them the horrifying story of this brutal murder. At the end of this story, Indrani Mukherjee is sounding more like a sinister, psychopathic murderer than an emotional woman who committed a crime in the heat of the moment. But the inspectors need to corroborate this story. They need more evidence. They need the whole Mukherjee family and Sheena's boyfriend Rahul to be called in for questioning. And so, they start with Rahul. Now, here is a fact I did not tell you about Sheena's boyfriend Rahul, whom she had been dating for the last six years and had also been living with. Rahul's last name was Mukherjee. He no
1: was the way. son
0: of Peter Mukherjee, Indrani's oh husband. Now, not to get technical with family charts, but that doesn't seem all too abnormal to me. It is essentially one's younger sister dating the son of one's husband. And in this case, Mm. Sheena and Indrani were half-sisters, not even fully related. So from where I'm standing, this shouldn't raise too many alarms. Now Rahul comes in for questioning and begins to tell the cops everything he knows. He says that the last time he spoke to Sheena was the night that he had dropped her off on that road for her meeting with Indrani. A few hours later, she texted Rahul saying she and Indrani were going to get drinks at the Taj Hotel. And after that, nothing. He, however, tells the cops two key pieces of information. One was that he had managed to track Sheena's cell phone location from the night she had disappeared and the morning after that. Sheena's phone location from the morning after was at the Mumbai airport. And… So was Indrani's. Remember how driver Shyamvar Rai told the police that Indrani had travelled to Kolkata the day after Sheena's murder to hide evidence from their crime scene at Sanjeev Khanna's house? This means that Indrani was at the airport too. This immediately raises alarm bells in the police's eyes. If Rahul is right, Indrani's phone location matched Sheena's phone location the day after Sheena completely disappeared off the face of the earth. Here is an audio of Rahul confronting Indrani about this weird coincidence in 2012, shortly after Sheena had gone missing.
4: If you if you guys were possibly around the airport at the same time on the same day, then perhaps you perhaps you, perhaps, you, perhaps you didn't know that you were both there around the same time. That's what, that, listen, 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 listen. Listen, please, 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 please. Just let me finish. Perhaps you guys didn't know that you were around the airport at the same time. Perhaps. Yeah. Right, perhaps you did know, or perhaps you had her phone, or you know, it's it's a possibility. These are the possibilities. Now, I'm not saying no. that either one is correct, I'm saying these are the possibilities. Take care.
2: Yeah, and I will share something with you, Rahul. She mm. did know, so that you also know, she did know that I was going to Calcutta the next day mm. by 12:40 flight. Okay, she did know. Okay. But I was not at the airport at 10 o'clock, okay. so that you know that also. So I reached the airport at 11:30. Okay. Yeah, I reached at 11.30 because my flight was at 12.30 and Papa and myself
1: stayed, you know, before I took off whatever. Hmm. Ashwara, the veracity of evidence or the veracity of testimony is measured mm-hmm. by corroboration. So, for example, you know, you have a ruler, a scale that tells you that an object is 5 meters long right i mean that's a you know, five meters could be anything right okay so now you know one way of measuring that particular object but if another ruler tells you that that object is also five meters long suddenly mm-hmm. the length is corroborated by two measurement devices right and so the evidence becomes Correct. that much stronger in this case both syamvar rai's testimony and the device's location, they match. Even though the reasoning is different, the conclusion is the same. So that tells me there is truth in his testimony and there is truth in the evidence Rahul is presenting the cops with.
0: That's exactly what it is. And this case presents so many different modes of the same incident, so many different people with different accounts of the same events, Mm -hmm. that all of it kind of fits together and makes sense. Now, this information that Rahul had just given to the cops was all well and good, but they still didn't have a motive. Why? Why would Indrani try to kill her two half-siblings and why would her ex-husband Sanjeev Khanna try to help her with the murders? This is where Rahul's second big piece of information leaves the police shocked. Rahul tells them that Sheena wasn't Indrani's sister. She was her daughter.
1: So you're telling me you didn't just misguide us and confuse us because Mm -hmm. you thought it was all fun and games to play with Aryan's mind and our listeners' mind. (laughs) But it wasn't actually misleading us because the cops did believe that up until this point, right? They did think they were half-siblings. Yeah.
0: Not only the cops, but everyone other than Sheena and Rahul believed that Sheena and Indrani were half-siblings. Now, Aryan, like you mentioned, this piece of information was contrary to everything the police had known so far. Everyone they had talked to, all the news articles they had read, all the news they had seen on the TV of this family, all of it called Sheena Indrani's half-sister. Rahul tells the police that not only was Sheena Indrani's daughter, but Mikhail was Indrani's son. Both of them were her children from her first marriage, but she didn't want the world to know. And so she introduced them both as her half-siblings. This obviously puzzles the inspectors, but it gives them a hint into a possible motive. If Sheena was Indrani's daughter, it means Sheena was technically dating her step-brother. A relationship of this kind in a conservative country with strong familial norms would have never gone down well. It would have been a taint on Indrani's name, a name she had fought so hard to build. The police then tracked down Siddharth Das, the man who had come to Mumbai claiming to be Sheena's biological father, looking for her in 2012. From Siddharth Das, the police began to get a peek into Indrani's life before the fame and glamour. Das tells them that Indrani Bora was born in 1972 into a middle-class family in a small town on the outskirts of Guwahati. A bright student and driven young girl, Indrani was a deeply loved child. Her parents doted after her. Growing up, she studied at some of the Northeast's most prestigious schools, after which she moved to Shillong to go to college in 1985. It was there that she met Siddharth Das, the man who would go on to become her first husband. The two youngsters fell quickly in love, after which Indrani actually took Siddharth back to her parents' house in Guwahati, where the two started living together and got married very young in their early teens. In 1987, when Indrani was just 15, she gave birth to her first child, her daughter Sheena. And then just a year and a half later to her son, Mikhail. Now, Indrani was a young mother of two with an unemployed husband living at her parents' home. This might be a viable and happy life to some, but Indrani had bigger ambitions. The children and her husband at 15 weren't going to help her achieve her dreams. They were going to hold her back. And so by the year 1990, at just 18, Indrani divorced Siddharth left her children with her parents and moved to Kolkata where she met and married Sanjeev Khanna. Indrani's parents would go on to adopt and raise Sheena and Mikhail, giving them their last name Bora and charring them with love and affection. With Sanjeev, Indrani would have her third child, Vidhi. But unlike Sheena and Mikhail, Indrani deeply loved Vidhi.
1: You know, just, just to point out something indrani wasn't that much older when she had vidhi so it's interesting how different her relationship was with the first two kids how she was able to leave them and start anew but had a ton of affection for a third child vidhi that that, that you know the dichotomy there is interesting
0: no i agree that dissonance between how one treats their children is exactly, incredibly yeah. interesting specifically in indrani's case because yeah. one could possibly make the argument that she was so young when she had her first two children eventually she just kind of moved on with her life which she is never fair, developed a fair yeah. relationship with them which is fair right but that doesn't seem to be the case with vidhi hmm. now hmm. sheena bora had essentially lived her entire life without any contact with her biological mother Her grandparents had never hidden from her the fact that they weren't her parents. And so, living with the fact that her own mother had chosen to abandon her, Sheena grew up a lonely child. A number of her classmates recall her crying in school and longing for her parents and their love. But her mother, Indrani, was living a happy life far away from her two children on her way to marrying business tycoon Peter Mukherjee. But this isolated bliss that Indrani had created for herself far away from the life she was born into came knocking at her front door in the year 2005 when her parents reached out to her. They were too old and not rich enough to help Sheena and Mikhail continue their education. They had taken care of the kids for very long and now they needed Indrani to do her part and pay for the kids' education. By this time, Indrani had married Peter Mukherjee and was wealthier than ever. Even though the situation wasn't ideal, she didn't say no to helping her children out. Only as long as the world didn't find out that they were her children. So first, she separated Mikhail and Sheena by sending Mikhail to Bangalore and calling Sheena to Mumbai. If the two kids remained together, their chance of uniting together to ruin Indrani's world was higher. And then she introduced Sheena to her elite Mumbai circles as her sister. In fact, hear this, not even Peter Mukherjee knew that Sheena was Indrani's daughter.
1: Oh my god. Indrani
0: went to the lengths of getting a fake birth certificate for Sheena, which listed Sheena's grandparents as her biological parents. In Mumbai, Sheena realized that Indrani was capable of showering her children with love because she was seeing Indrani do it to Vidhi right in front of her eyes, but never to her or Mikhail. In fact, even though Vidhi was Peter Mukherjee's stepdaughter, he loved her too. He had adopted her legally, given her his last name, and treated her just like he treated his own children. Mikhail had come forward to say, Sheena told me that she wanted to call Indrani Ma, but Indrani didn't allow it. She would not treat Sheena and Vidhi equally. Yet, even though Sheena longed for the love Vidhi received, Sheena and Vidhi developed a bond. They grew closer. Up until a year after Sheena arrived in Mumbai, Indrani's plan had worked perfectly. Nobody suspected the reality and Sheena and Mikhail were keeping quiet about it. Sheena had actually maintained some distance from Indrani and the two weren't in regular contact. This to Indrani was the ideal situation.
1: You know, Ashwara, when you have cases that have been sensationalized and are part of the national psyche we we tend to think of sheena indrani peter all of them as characters in a big story right but it's funny mm-hmm. and yeah. you know at the same time saddening that it all in some essence boils down to i just want to be loved by my mother something as simple as that you know you tend to ignore that because the character is a bigger than life character but to just mm-hmm. to be told that Sheena, Sheena was there telling her brother, "I just want to call her ma." Th- that is yeah. such a eerie detail. Um, and a very sad detail.
0: Yeah, that's perhaps the most tragic part about this case. The other cases we cover involve almost always a longing for romantic love that many would say can be replaced by another person if someone was to fall in love with someone else. But the love of a mother, the love of a parent is so deeply ingrained and so deeply wanted and you want it from that one specific person. It's irreplaceable Mm -hmm. by anyone else. And that's the saddest part about this case. But then Aryan, suddenly in this ideal situation, everything changed in the year 2006 when Sheena and Rahul slowly began to fall in love and eventually began dating. Despite the controversial nature of this relationship, some people did approve of their love. For example, Indrani's parents, meaning Sheena's grandparents who had raised her, gave their blessings to the couple. Rahul's biological mother, Peter Mukherjee's first wife, also gave her blessings to the couple. But Indrani and Peter could not accept this relationship. But Rahul and Sheena were in no mood to listen to the two. They went ahead and got engaged behind their backs. Indrani tried her best to get the couple to break up. Rahul told the police that, quote There was a lot of pressure on Sheena to break the relationship with me. Indrani Mukherjee was pressuring her through Mikhail Bora to sever our relationship or be ready to face the disinheritance from Gohati property as a consequence thereof. In this regard, Sheena was trying to contact Indrani Mukherjee on her mobile phone a number of times through calls, SMSs, to tell her to sit and talk on the issue of our relationship and to put an end to the harassment because of that. End quote.
1: So, Ishwara, you're telling me Peter, up until this point, still does not know the real nature of Indrani and Sheena's relationship, even though he's disapproving of his son and Sheena dating. No,
0: you're right. From everything that I've read, Peter Mukherjee had no idea that Sheena was Indrani's daughter. Regardless of that, for some reason, he too had a problem with this relationship. Maybe it was just that, and this is me purely speculating, Indrani had somehow convinced Peter of the ills of this relationship and given him some story. And Peter had bought into that story. Mikhail added to what Rahul had to say, claiming, quote, In 2011, another major dispute took place between Sheena, Indrani and Peter. After that, Indrani used to call me and asked me to tell Sheena to mend her ways. Indrani kept pressurizing and threatening me that if I didn't ask Sheena to break off the relationship with Rahul, then she would suspend the monetary support to our grandparents, end quote. There is also a clear trail of emails from Indrani to Sheena as well. According to the Times of India, on the 9th of March, just a month before her murder, Sheena sent Indrani a long email. Aryan, would you read this for us?
1: Sure, okay. So the email goes, quote, Always have been upset with you for the fact that you, as a mother, left us and never even cared to find out whether we were even alive. But I never tried understanding what made you leave home. Many things were all kept wrapped up, which is all unwrapping now with time. Again, what I don't comprehend is that why do you threaten to cut off financial aid to your own parents if I go with Rahul, if I get married to Rahul? Why do all that? Why pressurise them into keeping me away from home? I thought you're the one pressuring Aita and Kaka till I suddenly got bombarded with texts today from Kaka saying... This SMS is a confirmation that we have decided to change our will and disinherited you from our property as a sign of disapproval of your relationship with Rahul. I am confused. I don't know who is lying. Please be straight. Is this from you or your parents? And why suddenly all of this? You should have either not given birth to me or not left me with your parents. Why didn't you take me with you? All this has left me devastated once again. I am very happy and safe with Rahul. Shouldn't that be the most important thing for your parents, your loved ones? You did whatever gave you happiness in life. Even I deserve the same. Why are you upset because of it? I'm your daughter. I have some of you in me. I will find my way through and be just fine. Anyway, life is too short for holding grudges, telling lies and being upset about stuff. Let's live a happy life without any manipulations. I just wanted to get it all off my chest and clean my karma. I do not want anything from anyone. Please do not send me any angry, hurtful email or any kind of response to this email. It will just leave me sad. End quote. Oh my god, ishwara This is... Oh man. I... See, again, like this this bigger than life character that sheena was yeah this name that was in the news all the time to me now this is becoming a very real person almost like a friend of mine having very yeah. human prob- that was such a heartfelt email such a kind and innocent email she wrote i mean i know hindsight is 2020 right i know what happens a month after this email came out but yeah oh my god
0: No, you're right. This larger-than-life character through all of these emails and this characterization just comes off as a child longing for love. Exactly. And despite this heartfelt email, though, like you said, Indrani could not bring herself to accept either Sheena or Sheena's relationship with Rahul. Just a month and a half after this email, Indrani will go on to strangle and murder Sheena in cold blood. But why? The why still remains, I think. Just because the relationship was controversial... Is it worth it to commit murder for that? Well, that wasn't the only reason, or even the main reason. There is actually no evidence that Indrani thought this relationship was morally wrong or thought that it would ruin her image. All evidence points to only one motive. Money. If Sheena was to marry Rahul, which was highly likely, a significant portion of Peter Mukherjee's inheritance would end up with Sheena, Peter loved his son Rahul and wanted Rahul to have his inheritance, but as a direct consequence, Sheena would inherit all of it too. Now, maybe this in and of itself wouldn't have led Indrani to kill Sheena, but Indrani had another daughter, a daughter she actually loved. Indrani wanted Vidhi to inherit their money. Sheena's marriage to Rahul would be a direct hurdle to Vidhi's inheritance. Now, what is peculiar to me about this theory, the theory accepted by the CBI, by the way, is that the problem in this situation is technically not Sheena, but Rahul.
1: Exactly. Any woman
0: whom Rahul would have married would have inherited Peter's property as a consequence. Mm -hmm. And this would have taken some portion of the inheritance away from Vidhi. So technically, the solution was to kill Rahul and not (laughs) Sheena. It almost seems like Indrani had such deep-seated hate for her own daughter Sheena that Indrani was perfectly okay with any other random woman marrying Rahul and sharing the money, but she just wasn't okay if that woman was Sheena. To any normal person, if they think so deeply of money, at least Rahul's marriage to Sheena would mean that their own family member is benefiting. But that thought was unacceptable to Indrani. Now, whether what I've pointed out just now is a loophole in the CBIS theory or a fact that once again points to Indrani's cold, blooded mind, I don't know. I'll let you guys decide that.
1: A, I mean, this could be a loophole which begets need for an alternate explanation for Sheena's death, right? Right. We, We cannot ignore that. Or B, and this is again just speculation from my end, it could be like this metastasized version of... You know, if a random person gets more marks than me, I don't feel that mm-hmm. bad. But if my friend gets more marks than me, damn, that hurts. I feel worse. As much as I yeah. love my friend, it, it still hurts. It could be a metastasized, like a much more perverted version of that phenomena.
0: No, you're right. There's some deep psychological hatred slash family dynamic going on here that I feel like is sort of beyond me. So if one is to believe the CBI's theory, one is more likely to take your second perspective, which is that this is a form of that kind of ingrained hatred that we feel when someone close to us actually does better than us. But if one actually doubts the CBI's theory, this might be considered a loophole. But this theory by the CBI also explains why Sanjeev Khanna would help his ex-wife Indrani commit murder. Vidhi was Sanjeev's daughter. He loved her. And the thought that Sheena was going to take away money that he thought rightfully belonged to Vidhi was unbearable to him too. Indrani slowly started to re-establish contact with Khanna who wanted Vidhi to come live with him for a while in Kolkata. But Khanna was now below Indrani's class. Instead of sending Vidhi off to stay with him, she used Vidhi as a bait and introduced him to the murder plan. Eventually, Khanna became an equal partner in the crime. In the backdrop of this craze for money was the failing business ventures of the Mukharjis, their setup of nine shell companies in Singapore and transactions worth 900 crores. There is evidence that the Mukharjis were engaged in several violations of the stock exchange and in fraud with their company INX Media. Clearly, they felt antsy. The plan was set in motion a month before the murder when Indrani asked her personal secretary, Kajal Sharma, to perform certain tasks. These tasks didn't seem out of the ordinary to Kajal, but in hindsight, they were the clear planning of the crime. Kajal became one of the prosecutor's main witnesses, testifying against Indrani by recounting the things Indrani had asked her to do a month before Sheena disappeared. She tells the courts that she was instructed by Indrani to set up a Skype account for driver Shyamvar Rai and teach him how to use it. This then became the main mode of contact between Indrani and Shyamvar.
1: Ashwara, imagine using Skype to talk to your driver. That is such a preposterous idea. Just on its face, it seems impossible.
0: No, you're right. It almost seems like there was some deeply important conversation between Indrani and the person who drives her car that could not be had over a phone call or when they met in person, but needed to be had over Skype. It's really weird to me. Yeah. But it wasn't just that. She then instructed Kajal to get another employee, Pradeep Wagmare, to clean Indrani's apartment on the day before the murder, but instruct him not to return to the apartment for three days after that. She even asked Kajal to book a hotel room for the day of the murder, the same hotel room that Sanjeev Khanna was going to stay in. After all of this planning, Indrani convinced Sheena to meet her the night of the murder. This was easy enough to do. Even though the two women weren't in regular contact, Sheena did want to go abroad to pursue an MBA, and she needed Indrani to help out with the money. Indrani used this as an excuse to reel Sheena in. A few weeks after the murder, she even asked Kajal to forge Sheena's signature and send Sheena's letter of resignation to her workplace. Now, this Kajal found odd, but Indrani created a story about Sheena being in the US and not being able to send in her own letter of resignation. At the time, Kajal believed the story. Now, pro tip for all of you, if you're ever asked by someone to forge someone else's signature, always (laughs) ask yourself if the person whose signature you're replacing is Alive. (laughs) Big (laughs) takeaway from this episode. (laughs) But this wasn't all. Indrani had asked Kajal to courier this letter of resignation from a post office which had no CCTV cameras around. She had specifically Hmm. asked her to look for an isolated post office where nobody would see or
1: record her. This doesn't sound suspicious at all. Nothing about this sounds suspicious. Totally no. Totally like a sounds so suspicious. How how normal a thing to ask somebody? Could you (laughs) forge a random person's signature and also just. Wherever you're posting it, no CCTV cameras. Like such a normal thing to ask. Be somebody, completely alone.
0: Don't ever take it. Yeah, 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 No, this is. And then don't tell anybody weird.
1: about it. And then hide in a cabinet for seven days. And like these are all <laughs> weird requests.
0: The requests just keep getting weirder, Aran. Indrani then asked Kajal to create an email in Sheena's name and share the password with Indrani. When Kajal did that. All the people in Sheena's life suddenly started getting emails from this new email account and it seemed like Sheena was writing to everyone describing her new and happy life in the US. Oh
1: my god.
0: It was from this fake email that people kept getting emails from Sheena even a year after the murder. One of those emails was to Peter Mukherjee on the 14th of March 2013. It's funny, I actually remember exactly what I was doing on this exact day because it was my first teen birthday. Now, Aran, this email is kind of insane. It sounds so fake and so unnecessary and almost ends up making the whole situation seem more fishy at the end of it. It reads, Dear Peter, It may all sound very bizarre to you, but this and only this is the real truth. Indrani is neither my sister nor my mother but just a good samaritan. I realised I should do whatever I can to ease the pain I have caused to Indrani. This is why I have taken a call. To come out clean with you so that the air between the two of you is at least cleaned up. My legal parents, UK Bora and DR Bora, who are actually my grandparents, had a daughter and an only child, Indrani Bora, your wife's namesake, who was my mother. My mother had me and Mikhail with someone who she had eloped with as her parents had totally disapproved the relationship. They decided to return home when my mother was pregnant with Mikhail. My grandparents were ashamed to acknowledge my father, who was from a much lower caste. After her return, she was treated very badly and she left when I was not even two. In 1991, there was a major civil unrest in Assam and there were plenty of kidnappings. A young girl was brought to our home unconscious and severely injured by my uncle who was in the IPS. She did resemble my mother. She was taken away in a matter of weeks, never to be seen again. Your wife Indrani is the girl who was brought to our home in that unconscious state. My uncle took care of her. When she left Assam, she was moved out to Kolkata under my mother's identity in lieu of compensation that was paid to them. She had lost her memory completely and was living with a family in Kolkata. She was briefed with complete details of Indrani Bora and a full new identity of her was prepared in 1997 under that name. After recovering, as this girl struggled to remember who she was but in vain, she embraced the identity slowly of Indrani Bora though she knew that was not who she was. Now, this email goes on and on about details from Indrani's life, all of which sound like such a huge pile of garbage. I actually found it really hard not to laugh while reading this.
1: Aishwara, we are we-, we are always sympathetic and very understanding of victims on our podcast. And I think our listeners appreciate that. And we are also contrary to many podcasts very sympathetic and understanding of the criminals right we are trying to deconstruct yeah. how the criminal came to become what they did and we are trying to not to make a mockery right. out of them she feels like an exception because this is not somebody who committed a crime in the heat of the moment or somebody who had a very hard upbringing filled with trauma this just seems like a cold-blooded killer who is planning every step of the way and mind you the planning is horrible this email how I've controlled laughing at the I mean this (laughs) it's she's dreaming this up it's like she sat down to write a true crime novel and she's the worst Mm -hmm. writer on the face of this planet that's what that email sounds like it's like a beta version of Jason Bourne
0: (laughs) No, I agree. Basically, for all of you for whom this email was a little too complicated to understand because I had to read it a couple of times to make sense of it as well. In this email, Sheena is allegedly saying that her mother was someone else. She had the name Indrani Bora. She ran away when she was young. Some random girl showed up at their house one day after unrest in Assam. This random person was given the name of Sheena's mother and continued to assume Sheena's mother's identity for the rest of her life. So basically, the Indrani that we all know was never born Indrani Bora. She was just a random girl that showed up to the Bora household one afternoon. Okay, I'm glad we've established how outrageous that email sounds. Now, needless to say, the cops travelled to Kolkata with a warrant to search Sanjeev Khanna's house. From inside the house, they found three pairs of gumboots, the pairs worn by him, Indrani and Shyamvar Rai the night of the murders. Along with those, he provided the police with a pair of Sheena's earrings, the earrings that would have survived her burning and would have helped the police identify Sheena's body. Soon after, Sanjeev Khanna confessed to being an accomplice in the murder of Sheena Bora. The police tracked down mango enthusiast Ganesh dhene <laughs> who eventually ended up successfully finding the location where the initial no investigators way. had buried Sheena's body Four years ago. The autopsy conducted by experts at Ames revealed the corpse to be of Sheena Bora, who died due to asphyxiation. By November 2015, the CBI filed charges against Indrani under the Indian Penal Code sections 302 for murder, 201 for causing disappearance of evidence, 34 for criminal conspiracy. 420 for cheating and forgery, 364 for kidnapping, and 120B for conspiracy. The same month, both Indrani and Peter were charged for their financial crimes related to their media company. In February of 2016, the CBI filed a charge sheet against Peter as well, charging him under Section 302 for murder, 120B for conspiracy, and 201 for causing disappearance of evidence of the Indian Penal Code. Now the question is, where are they all now? Where is Vidhi and driver Shyamvar Rai? Where is Indrani? Vidhi graduated high school, went to college and went on to write a book titled The Devil's Daughter, in which she describes her relationship with her parents, while recounting the trauma of having both your parents accused of murder. On March 20th, 2020, Peter Mukherjee was released from Arthur Road Jail, more than 4.5 years after his initial arrest. While in prison, Peter and Indrani filed for divorce, marking a tragic end to two love stories in this case. Indrani Mukherjee walked out of jail in May of 2022. The day she was released, all she had to say was this, quote, I'm so happy. I have learned a lot in jail. I have no plans. I just want to go home. I have forgiven all the people who hurt me. And What? Quote forgiven all the people who hurt her. Indrani says this, Aryan, because she continues to claim Sheena is alive. She claims she knows someone who says they saw Sheena at an airport in Kashmir and that they have CCTV footage to prove that. She continues to say that Rahul knows where Sheena is because Rahul was in contact with Sheena months after her murder but Rahul claims he was talking to someone who was using the fake new email ID that was created in Sheena's name. And we all know that that fake ID was created by Indrani.
1: If everything you've told us this far, Ishwara, is true, if the CBI's claims are true, and again, I'm no expert in Indian law or psychology, but all I can think, all, the, the only plausible explanation to Indrani's behavior is it is remarkably similar to someone else we have covered on this podcast and his name is Charles Sobraj and he too has been released. So my deduction is that Indrani Mukherjee is a psychopath and so her she doesn't comprehend emotions and relationships and human dynamic the same way we do, which is why to us it feels cold-blooded. But to her, I think this yeah. is just her regular mode of operation. I think she believes her lies and she's a psychopath because th- this is so cold-blooded. And people
0: in today's lingo just use the word psychopath as a word to describe something rather casually, rather exactly. hyper That's not how I think you mean it. That's not how I certainly mean it when I call her a psychopath. Just all of her actions point to a serious lack of self-awareness, a lack of awareness with reality, a lack of the ability to process emotions the way any other human being would. And I think all of that makes her the way she is. Yet, she continues the charade, clinging on to her claim of innocence, clinging on to the notion that Sheena is still alive. Shamwar Rai is out of prison as well with all four perpetrators of this crime walking freely in the city of Mumbai, maybe among some of you that live in Mumbai. Rahul, Mikhail and Sheena's father Siddharth Das had to make peace with this heinous crime that took away someone they loved so deeply. The lack of remorse on Indrani's part must sting. But even if she was remorseful, even if she did say sorry, Sheena is long gone. She's gone because she demanded the most natural form of love we all deserve, the love of our parents. She died for a mistake that wasn't in her control. She died because she was born.